Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. So let's go ahead and open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're still dealing with the reality that your mind controls your life. Your mind controls your life. Wow. Your mind controls your life. So tonight we're going to deal with a transformed mind, a transformed mind. Mind. Go ahead and put up nugget number one. Nugget number one. Ready? Read. Would you read that again? I I believe I asked for them to put up my uh, PowerPoint about the caterpillar and the butterfly. Do they have that available still? Man, they're sharp back there. So let's use this as an analogy. This is us when we first come to Jesus, wiggling all around, deformed, life all jacked up, crawling on the ground. And then we go through this transformation if we allow the word of God to really reign supreme in our lives. And the word of God causes us to go into what we call a metamorphosis. In other words, we change from what we were to something new, to something different. And before we came to Jesus, before we uh, became submitted to the word of God, we were just crawling around, trying to make it, not really knowing which way to go, what to do or how to do it. But then the word of God began to transform us, yes? And all of a sudden, we stopped crawling around and we start flying like the caterpillar. Amen? Nugget number two, please. Ready? Let us read together. When your mind is submitted to God, Satan will run from you. That's what Jesus' half-brother said. Nugget number three. This is powerful. Read that again. That's where we get stuck. Because God has given us the right to choose. And because he has given us the right to choose, that's why me personally, I'm not any further in life than what I am today. If I would have made all the right decisions, ooh, Jesus. I could take care of Project Destiny myself. But along this life's journey, I made some decisions. I made some choices that was not God's choice for me and had to live and deal with and suffer the consequences of making bad choices. And the only reason I made a bad choice is because God gave every human being the luxury To choose. To choose. Are are you all listening to me? I went through one of the most trying times of my life because I made a choice at, 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 at ignoring the advice of others who told me don't do it. My best man said don't do it, but I did it anyway. And I can't, I'm, paying the, I'm paying the price of that decision. In a few days, I'll be 70 years old, and I am still paying the price of making that decision. But it was my choice. The only reason I am dealing with what I'm dealing with today is because of a choice that I made over 30-some years ago. Because I made a decision, I am doing this, 
in spite of counsel that is contrary to what I want to do. Who Jesus. And God let me do it. God knew it was wrong, but I didn't. I, I thought I could fix it. I thought when I put my hands on it, man, I'll turn this thing. Only to realize I can't even turn myself without God. All I'm simply trying to get you to see is that your life and my life is where it is right now in every area, physically, mentally, emotionally, did I say spiritually, financially, relationally, all of where we are today. Whether we like it or not, it is a direct link to the decisions you made. And I have to testify. Because if I ask you to testify, you'll get mad. But I have to testify. There were times when I said yes. Help me preach. I should have said no. But I said yes because it looked good to me. But it didn't look good to people who my gatekeepers who loved me, who could see what I couldn't see. And I'm standing here ministering the word of God with the help of the Holy Spirit, still dealing with the consequences of bad choices. Jesus. Why did God let me do it when he knew it was a bad decision? I'm telling you tonight, you and I have never made a bad decision, and God didn't warn us. Sometimes we didn't listen because the person God used to warn us didn't holler. They didn't fuss. They were not combative. They didn't want to debate it. They just said what they felt in their hearts and walked away. And because they were not pushy on their position, we stayed in our position. Only to say three years later, three days later, three months later, I wished I would have. Oh, Jesus. Nugget number four. Man, we almost want to just stay on nugget number three. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. This is a gift, and it doesn't always feel like a gift. But this is a gift that God gives every human being. And that is the gift to choose. I married who I married because I chose them. You said yes to who you said yes to because that was your decision. Help me, Holy Ghost. You messed up because you took the wrong turn. But there was a nudging on the inside that said, I know you've been turning this way for the last 13 years, but today, turn the other way. But we didn't listen. Somebody say amen. Let's get off of this. Nugget number four. Nugget number four. Ready? Read. Right now. Back up. Read it again. You are either in right now. Right now. Right now. What you're planning to do is either in God's will or it's out of God's will. Right now. What you're going to do after you leave service. It's either going to be in God's will or out of God's will. There's, there's no purgatory. There's, there's no in-between. Right now, we're either in God's will or we're out of God's will. Who Jesus. The person you're dating, talking to the singles now, 
Somebody said, well, what about if you're married and you feel like you're in his will now? (laughs) But to the singles who many times in churches are overlooked, whoever you're dating, you're either in God's will dating that person or you're out of his will. Ooh, Jesus. When it got quiet, married folks say amen. (laughs) Right now, church, right where you're sitting, right where I'm standing, we're either in God's will or we're out of it. And it's a sad commentary to be out of his will and don't know it. Or to know it and don't care. I'm going to do this. I've said it. You may have said it too. Right or wrong. (laughs) Here we go. And whatever I have to deal with because of my decision... Bring it on. But I'm going with him. She's going with me. Tonight. Whatever I have to pay for in the morning, ain't nobody preaching but me, but it's all right. Talking to myself. You're either in his will or you're out of his will. And it is a horrible feeling, man, to be out of his will. Or to be somewhere and don't know if it is or isn't. You didn't settle it before you went. Oh, God. Nugget number five. This will bless you. Ready? Read. Read this loud so your neighbor can hear this. They really need to know this. Ready? Read. The will of God. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God can I keep you? Oh, that's good news. Number six. I told you I was a nugget man. Number six. Ready? Read. God's perfect will is God's word. God's word is God's perfect will. Nugget number seven. Ready? Read. Ooh-wee. So if you're not studying the word of God, you're really not serious about knowing God's will. And when you don't know God's will, what is God's will? What is his word? So if you don't study the Bible, you're not serious about knowing God's will. And when you don't know God's will, you're more inclined to make bad decisions. Bad choices. Why? Because when you face a situation, you don't know what God has to say about it because you don't study. And the Holy Spirit cannot help you because the Bible says the Holy Ghost will bring things to your, but he can only bring things to your remembrance that you studied. If you haven't studied, there's nothing to remember. You don't need to remember, you need to know. You need to know because you don't know. So you need to study. So after you have studied, then if something comes up, the Holy Spirit has something to work with to bring to your remembrance. Is, is this good? Nugget number seven. I told you I was a nugget man. We're going to nugget tonight. If you want to know God's will, you have to do what? 
Study his word. Nugget number eight. Let's, I think eight's enough. Nugget number eight. Ready? Read. If I could go back in my life and address situations with the mind that I have today, the money I would have that I spent foolishly and the people I spent time with that were nothing but time robbers preventing me from going where I needed to go. If, if I could go back in time and have the, the understanding, the, the maturity in my mind that I have today, there were a lot of folk I would have spoke to, hello, how you doing? And I'd have kept walking. Wouldn't have been no lunch, no dinner, no exchange of phone numbers, no text, no email, no letter on a pigeon's foot, none of that. And the money I spent, I could have saved. But I didn't know because my mind hadn't been renewed to the degree that it is today. Can you say amen? Because that's the same with you. Come on now. Come on now. No, none of us are where we want to be, but my mind is a whole lot more mature today than it was when I first got started. There's some stuff that tricked me years ago. If I had a chance today to say yes or no, I would give the right answer. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now, are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 10? 1 Corinthians. Boy, the nuggets was enough tonight, wasn't it? Nugget. I'm on nugget. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Nugget number 13, <laughs> verse 13. <clears throat> this, this is powerful. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God, somebody say, but God. But God, but God Stevie, is faithful. He is? That's what he said. Who will not allow you, Stevie, to be tempted Beyond what you're able. Oh, help me, Jesus. You mean every time I got in trouble, there was a way out? Oh, God. That's what God said. But with the temptation, Stevie, will always, God will always make a way of escape that you, Stevie, may be able to bear it. How can Apostle Paul say this? He is saying this because Jesus, our great high priest, the bishop of our souls, he was tempted like we are, yet without sin. Somebody say amen. Let's go to Matthew real quick, real quick. Matthew chapter number four. This is why Apostle Paul could say this. Matthew chapter four. Real quick, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Come on, church. Being tempted does not mean you're out of the will of God. Who Jesus. When somebody's trying to get you to do something wrong, it doesn't mean that you're out of God's will. You're just being tried. How many say you love Jesus? How many of you love Jesus? Wave your hands at me. Well, how do you know how much you love him until you're tried? Everybody loves him when things are going good, but do you love him when you're being tried? Do you love him enough to still make the right decision? 
And I haven't always made the right decision. Only for me to discover that as much as I say I love him, I still have a ways to go. Because the Bible says that if you love him, you'll do what he tell you to do. And I haven't always done what the spirit of the Lord. Well, some of you look like you're throwing stones at me, but that's all right. I haven't always done. Can you handle this? Since I've been a pastor. So I know if I haven't always done what I'm supposed to do as a pastor, I know you haven't done all you're supposed to do as a saint. <laughs> you look at me all cockeyed all you want to. <laughs> it's changed this climate. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if, if, what is he trying to do? He's trying to get Jesus in the arena of reasoning, of which Lucifer is the master. Whenever Satan can get you to question what God said, you're already defeated. Especially when you know what he said. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is what? Come on, church. How in the world does Jesus know what is written unless he studied? He did not know because he was God. The Bible says that he laid aside his deity. He had to lay it aside so that he could show us how to walk. To be our example. Is this helping anybody at all? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of my Father. Then the devil took him up into a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, here he goes. Throw yourself down, for it is written, so the devil knows Scripture too. So you're in trouble dealing with the devil who knows scripture and you don't know it. That's how some of you got jacked up in the barbershop and the beauty shop. Somebody quoting the Bible, misquoting the Bible, but you don't even know they misquoting the Bible. You don't even know what they're saying is not even in the Bible. And you walk out of the beauty shop and the barbershop and go tell somebody else what you heard in the Bible barbershop that supposedly God said. Like he works in a mysterious way. God's not mysterious. You don't write about yourself and want to be a secret. He's mysterious when you don't know the word of God. Oh, Jesus. He was mysterious to me till I started studying. And then I realized when I started studying, according to the word of God, he said he will withhold no good thing. And it's a good thing for us to know God. And he wants us to know him. For to know him is, to, and I'm, I'm tanked up, y'all got to help me tonight. And he said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angel charge over you, and in his, their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, to who? To Lucifer, to the devil, to Satan, to Amalek, to the fallen archangel. It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. 
And that's what I was referring to earlier. God, you knew the decision I was going to make was wrong. How come you didn't do something? Well, he did do something. I didn't listen. He brought a blue-eyed, blind, white lady by, and she spoke to me, and I didn't listen. Then he sent a doctor who rode me around in the city in his brand-new Eldorado, said the same thing that that blue-eyed white woman said, and I didn't listen. Then he spoke to me the third time through my best man, and I still didn't listen. Somebody said, did he speak again? I don't know. By then, I was committed, no matter what was said. I'm doing this, and I did it. And everything my gatekeepers told me that was going to happen if I did it, Jesus. Man, it happened. could have saved myself a lot of heartache and you too some of you are still getting over some stuff are you listening to me and I don't care what nobody says some things getting over it takes time ain't no little dab do you and you gonna come up here and somebody gonna lay in you gonna fall out you gonna fall and get them feel better but you gonna still have to walk some things out cause some things to get over it And just because you're over don't mean I'm over it. Because your speed ain't my speed. And we're not in competition. And I can stand here today and say in some areas, I'm not over it, but I'm better. Ain't nobody honest in the house but me. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was at a distance where I couldn't see it, but I can see it now. It's a little foggy, it's a little fuzzy but I can see I'm going in the right direction. And if I keep following Jesus, this pain that I have, it'll dissipate if I get close enough and stay faithful to God. Because he said he will restore everything that the devil stole from me. And again, the devil took him up an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory which means money. Because most people will sell Jesus out if you offer enough money. Ooh, Jesus. And if Jesus, your Jesus, if he is for sale, the devil will find your price. And got quiet now, Jesus. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Where in the world did Lucifer get all these things to give? No, hold on now. Notice when he said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms and all this glory. And Jesus never told him he was lying. So that means Satan had it to give. My question, where did he get it? Because anything he has he stole it. Ooh, God. And if he stole it from Adam, everything Adam had belongs to us. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. 
Verse 11, and we'll close it. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Some translation says, and the devil left him for a season. I don't have, that's not my message tonight, but the devil is seasonal. Okay, then. The devil is seasonal. You see, whatever was your kryptonite before you gave yourself to Jesus, that is still your kryptonite. And because the devil is seasonal, that thing that would always trip you up, every now and then he'll check on your door. You see, I know you just came out of the encounter, you're shouting the victory and all that, but he'll wait sometimes months. Are you with me tonight? Sometimes he'll wait years, and then he'll send it to you again in a different package. So the Bible says that Satan left Jesus and we know it had to be for a season because all through the gospel we see where he shows up and try to do ultimately to get him all the way to the cross. I mean to the cross, to death. But the Bible says he left Jesus for what? For, for, a, for a season. Now let's go to 1 John chapter 2. Are you learning anything? 1 John chapter 2. So renewing your mind is serious business. And if you're not studying the Word of God and listening to the Word of God, you're not serious about renewing your mind and you're subject at any moment to make another bad decision. Because your decision is going to be birthed out of carnality instead of spirituality. Are you in 1 John chapter 2? Look at uh, verse number 16. For all that is in the world. Now, we just seen this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. Jesus went through all these different phases. And we see it here in verse 16. For all that is, for what? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, So all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh. You're going to get in trouble every time you make a decision out of the lust of the flesh. You're going to get in trouble every time you make a decision out of the lust of the eyes. You're going to always get in trouble when you make a decision out of the pride of life because God said he resists the proud. Pride makes you arrogant. Makes you look down on people and belittle people. Because you feel like you got to push them down to push yourself up. Oh, Jesus. When your mind is submitted to God, that was uh, nugget number two. You remember that? Go, go to James 4, the half-brother of Jesus. James chapter 4, the half-brother of Jesus. And look what he says. Verse number seven, quickly. Therefore, submit to God. Come on, read it. It's on the screen. Ready? Resist. Now, notice what the word says. It says, resist the devil, and he will what? Notice it says, resist the devil, and he what? That's not what it says. You can't resist until you submit. There can be no resisting until they're submitting. And some people are not submitted to anybody. And if you obey God, God is going to always have somebody in the earth realm that you have to submit to. Can I help you now? You may call me your pastor, but are you submitted? And you don't know if you're submitted when I make a recommendation and you agree. 
You're going to find your level of submission when I say I've heard from God and we're going to go this way and you don't get it. And there are going to be a, a number of things that God will say through me that we're going to do that you won't get because there's some things God is only going to talk to me and not you. Oh, Jesus. Eve got in trouble because she got out from under submission. Hey, come on, lady, say amen. Don't, 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 don't grab a hold of that other spirit. You see, when God brought her into the earth, he brought her to submit to her husband. And she should have no problem submitting to her husband if he loves God with all of his heart. Eve did not know what God said. Eve heard about God with her husband having Bible study around the dinner table. That's why you don't marry a man who have no interest in teaching you the word of God. Why? Because man shall not live by big feet alone and pork chops and barbecue and sub sandwiches and pizza. I'm going to find you. but by every word. So how are you going to live if you're not getting the word? God. And if you have no love for the word, ask God to put a love in your heart for his word. Tell him to replace uh, that love you have for something else. More than you have for him. Give him authorization to do heart surgery. And turn your heart toward him because your heart cannot be toward God and not be toward his word. This is good teaching tonight. Where, where did I stop? Where did I stop? James 4, 7. And I said uh, uh, that he will not resist the devil and he will, that's not what it says. It says you have to submit to God. Let, let me tone it down. Because every one of us in this room, including myself, we all really know if we're really submitted to God. And going to church is wonderful, but that doesn't mean I'm submitted to God. I'm just submitted to going to church. Because I was raised to go. But there's no real transformation when I come to church because I'm really not listening. Not with the intent to do. So I'm just a hearer, not a doer. So my life doesn't change that much. Because I'm not allowing the word to change me. Jesus I, I, I almost changed gears on you because of what I see oh Jesus is, is this helping anybody at all so when your mind is submitted to God Satan will run from you because he knows that you're submitted to God when you're submitted to God you can't hurt people and it not hurt you. Come on now, you can't be submitted to God and, and that mean? You can't do that. You can't do that to people and then say you're submitted to God. You can't be evil like that and be submitted to God too. You can't treat your husband like that. And then say you submitted to God. You cannot say you're submitted to God and you treat your wife like that. You're lying. 
You cannot talk to each other like that. Not and be submitted to God. I didn't say you wasn't saved. I said you're not submitted. Why? Because when you're submitted to God, you can't just keep acting ugly. At some point, one day you got to wake up with some conviction. Come on now. You can't treat people wrong, but for so long, if you really are submitted to God, at some point you got to come and tell someone, listen, man, listen, listen, honey, listen, sir, I'm sorry. Oh, man, that's all right. No, no, it's not all right. Man, I got called on the carpet on Wednesday night. The Word of God was dealing with me, and it's dealing with you too. And I got to get this right. I've been acting ugly. I haven't been kind. I haven't been loving you. I've been using you. Boy, it's getting quiet in the church. Lord, give me something for him to shout over. The gift this gift that God has given every one of us that we said in nugget number three is the right to choose. And this is confusing to the world. It was confusing to me. Matter of fact, the world would say, well, if God is God, why did he let that happen? If God is God, why did he let my mama die? If God is God, why did God let me go over there knowing that I was going to jack up everything? Why, 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 did, why didn't God stop me? Now, you all looking funny, but I said God? You know, I ain't saying in front of you because you don't want to be holy in front of you, but you know, just God and I. God? Come, you didn't stop me. You know, you won't like this. And God says, I couldn't. Why, God? Because I gave you the right. And I haven't taken back that right. And the right for you to choose. So if you want to kill yourself, God has to let you. It's on the package. These cigarettes are hazardous to your health. It's in the Bible about that liquor you have in your cabinet. <laughs> Some of you look like, you tell me what I had in my cabinet? Does Pastor know we got liquor? <laughs> Jesus, you should have seen your faces. The last book of Moses, chapter 30, with the time we have left. I, they don't, I don't have the thing up here that's let me know. Somebody let me know where, where and I'll just stop, Minister Orphe. The last book of Moses, chapter 30. The last book of the Pentateuch, chapter 30. Or the last book of the law, chapter 30. Man, it's going to bless your socks off. Are you all ready for this? Can you handle this? This is why God could not stop you or myself when we made the wrong decision. I mean, we know it's sin. We know it on our way to do it. God, if you want me to do it, let the car break. <laughs> now you laugh, but we say, I have said foolish things. Lord, if you don't want me to go, let it get a flat tire or something. Somebody run me off the road. That's a sign. <laughs> Jesus. The, 
and, and we're laughing, and I'm laughing with you because I've been there. I'm talking about myself. Because when we get into foolishness like that, God doesn't participate. And so we go on. We're not going to get any further than this. Our time is gone. Why did you, why did you, why did God, why did you let me marry this man when you knew he was going to beat me? God, why did you, why you let me marry this woman when you knew she wasn't going to cook? And she told me before I married her, but I didn't believe her. She was telling the truth. She said, I don't cook. <laughs> and you know what cooking means to me. And we're laughing, but we can, we can give more serious examples th than that. Where would you be today if you had not made all of the wrong decisions that you made? There's some things you're praying about today you wouldn't even have to put on your prayer list because it wouldn't have happened. But it happened because you made the wrong choice. And you made the wrong choice based upon how you think. And how you think is a direct result of how you've been, been programmed. The values and the ethics that were instituted in your formative years by whoever had the opportunity to guide you either the right way or the wrong way. Are you in Deuteronomy chapter 30? Look at verse number 19. I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you, Steve. It's not my fault, son. I want you to live a good life. I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to make mistakes. I don't want you in pain. I don't want you to suffer. But those are all birthed out of you making the wrong decisions. I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you that I set before you, Steve, life and death. I set before you, Steve, the blessing and the curses. Therefore, Steve, choose life. He didn't even say, therefore, you choose. He tells you, talk to me, church. I set before you life and death blessings and cursings, but therefore you choose. You choose. You make the decisions that propel you into the God kind of life. Therefore, choose life. Here we go that both you and your children, because our children suffer because of the decisions that we make. My kids are poor and impoverished because I chose the wrong man. I should have chose Billy Bob, but Billy Bob didn't look good, and Billy Bob had snagger too. But I only come to discover now, Billy Bob makes a lot of money, and I, he makes enough money for me to get his teeth fixed. But we want somebody who's pretty and handsome because we're really operating out of the lust of the flesh. As a matter of fact, we don't even really want them. 
We want them. Y'all didn't get it. Because when we say we want them, we really don't want them. Why? Because we're being motivated by the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And we don't really want them. That's why after we say, I do, do, a day or two later, we say, I don't. Because you didn't really want them. You wanted them. And Christians are major culprits because we don't fornicate. So we're, su- we're subject to getting trapped easier than people in the world because the world are hit it and quit it. But we don't fornicate. So, so we tell the brother, we tell the sister, before you can get to all of this, We got to do this thing right. And so he says, okay, what's right? You, you got to love God, go to church. So he goes to church with you. And then if you bring him to me and I don't get it, then he tries to pull you out. So I have all of these issues today because I did not choose what God made available, life. And I thought I could could flirt with death and still have life. I thought I could flirt with the curse and still have a blessing. And then we're tempted to blame God or his pastor or the church you belong to. And you're mad at everybody but the right person. And you can't get mad at nobody who tricked you because you let them trick you. And if you would have made a decision to walk in the spirit, nobody would have been able Somebody say amen. Amen. This next part is revolutionary, but our time is gone. Put your hands together and thank God for the word tonight. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.